great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is up, everybody? A little bit of a Tuesday Buffalo Bills news drop. And you know that the Shout Bills podcast has to come to you with a little bit of an emergency pod. I think it's an emergency kind of acquisition. He's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. It's one that we've been talking about going back to March now, Ryan. The Bills agreed to a one-year deal with Puna Ford today, defensive tackle, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks. Yesterday, agreeing to a one-year deal with running back Latavius Murray. We're going to talk about both of these moves for the next 20 or so minutes. Thank you so so much for joining us. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the show as well. And get out your calendar while you're at it. May 20th, Shout Live returns to Wing Nuts. Ryan will be there. I will be there. We'll have a live podcast. We'll eat wings. We'll drink beers. We'll talk bills. It's a great time. I'll actually put a link in the description to the RSVP information page. Uh, it's over on Facebook. Click that RSVP that you're coming for no other reason other than you'll get a reminder when the date is getting closed. It's kind of like a little calendar reminder. How are you, Ryan? Hey, I am doing great. Big news here on a Tuesday. Uh, great signing by the Bills. So when Brandon Bean was done with the draft, this came up. We, we talked about it uh, over the weekend that he was kind of annoyed about not getting a defensive tackle. But I think in a lot of ways for me, this is a not only the next best thing, but maybe the better alternative to getting a rookie that you got to kind of develop. It's a little bit more of an unsure thing. I think Puna Ford comes in and really allows you to do a couple of things, starting with the fact that he's going to play one technique, which I went back and uh, looked at some of the beat reporters from the Seahawks and what they kind of were saying about him last season and into the offseason. And Pete Carroll even came out and said, we probably played him too much out of position last year. They asked him to play three technique. They're going to probably the bills are going to swing him back to one technique, which I think potentially could yield huge returns for Ed Oliver. I think that's the most, the biggest like area that bills fans should be excited about adding Ford to be kind of like a duo with, with Daquan Jones at that one technique spot could really unleash Ed Oliver. Yeah. So first and foremost, listen, Bills fans, you know what it's like to have a player that's played out of position. Quentin Jefferson a few years ago when the Bills signed and played out of position, couldn't uh, live up to what they were trying to get out of him. So bring in Puna Ford, allowing him to play that one technique is going to really help the Bills quite a bit. He's excellent against the run. He's gotten better as a pass rusher every year, and he's pretty good as a pass rusher at this point in his career. Uh in terms of the signing itself, Matt, you said like uh, it's the next best thing or maybe it is the best thing. The only downside to signing Puna Ford over drafting a rookie is you only have him on contract for this one year. Mm-hmm. But the caveat to that is I'm going to put him in the Taylor Rapp umbrella where I think this is like a one year tryout, Matt. And if he plays the way that he's played in his career when he's been in position where he's in a comfort spot where he's not being moved around. I think that the Bills are going to want to sign him long term, whether that's in season or at the end of the year. So, you know, you only have him like every other D tackle on this roster right now for the 2023, 2024 season. Uh, But I think that it can lead to an extension here in due time. 
Yeah. And I think another piece of this that I really like doing some research on Ford is he checks all the boxes from a football perspective, but I think it's maybe the off the field stuff that if I'm Brandon Bean and especially Sean McDermott, I'm the most excited about because I think you bring a guy in that is super unselfish. I mean, he, he did whatever the Seahawks wanted him to do so much so that we're sitting here April 29th, May 1st, and Pete Carroll still talking about wishing there was a world they could live in where they could bring him back again. And you, you reported it. He wanted to go to a place where he thought he had a chance to win a Super Bowl, so much so that he took less money, apparently, to come to Buffalo to kind of line things up with at Oliver Von Miller and company. And, you know, it's just the kind of grinder mentality that a player like this has undrafted guy had to work for everything that he's, that he's had over the last couple of years. I read one, one uh, tweet from a, a reporter that said, he's the kind of guy that is the first out on the practice field and in a game will, will go rush the passer and then run down a receiver from behind 20 yards down the field at, you know, 300 some odd pounds as a, as a one T one tech defensive tackle. That's, that's special stuff. And, and now you're adding that as maybe your, third or fourth best defensive tackle. Yeah. Fans are going to love Puna Ford. And you know, the, the bills were interested in him in mid-March. I put something out on Twitter on mid-March uh, and it was mutual interest. Puna Ford wanted to join the bills, but at that point in time, Matt, you know, Brandon beans admitted it. He's had, he had to offer out certain contracts at certain amounts of money because he didn't want to mess with the compensatory pick formula. He wanted to make sure that they got that what's supposed to be a third round pick for Tremaine Edmonds in next year's draft. As of yesterday, May 1st at 4 p.m., the Bills and every other team in the league can now sign free agents and it no longer messes with the, the comp pick formula. So the Bills were able to up their offer a little bit. They were not offering as much as a few other teams were. But like you said, he wants to win a Super Bowl. He loves what the Bills have been doing here and he thinks he's going to be a good fit and maybe be one of those guys that can get them over the hump and get them into the Super Bowl. So it's a win-win for both sides. And again, it shows what they've built here in Buffalo means something to players because he left money on the table. What does this do for the defensive tackle or defensive line outlook as we kind of eye training camp and how this thing ultimately shakes out? Because now you're really talking about five potential defensive tackles that are for sure rosterable, but I think it's going to be tough to cut any one of them. And so then you start looking at the defensive ends and, you know, what's still available. We talked about it on the last episode on the market at defensive end. I mean, Yannick and Dockway has already been mentioned several times in the chat here, but you know, Frank Clark is still out there. Melvin Ingram. We, we could go through the long lifts. Matt Ioannidis is kind of like a little bit of a hybrid. He could play either, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of fun names on the free agent market. The bills could still look to go out and get on an affordable deal and then really put an uptick on the competition, which I think they need to do. And I think they're in a good spot because like you look at a guy like Shaq Lawson, I think there's a path to the practice squad for him. I think what we've learned here is that he came back to Buffalo, found a fun, fun role for himself, a good role, had some success toward the end of the season, but there still wasn't a lot of people, you know, batting down his door. So I think you could get through camp, get kind of fit him on this, on the practice squad and like, all right, if we need you. We got you. Um, I think this could also put a lot of pressure on AJ Epinesa. If they go out and they sign another defensive end, um, Boogie Basham, not so much. He's going to his third year. I think there's, you know, higher hopes maybe for his ceiling, maybe being a little bit higher than Epinesa, but we'll see, but it's definitely changes the conversation and the math when you're trying to figure out, and we're going to do it on tomorrow's show, that 53 man roster projection. Right. The, the only way it doesn't change the math is if you have Von Miller starting the season on the pup list, which I think is a very realistic situation. So maybe right now 
uh, you're okay. You can get by with exactly the guys you're expecting to make that 53-man roster. But I'm glad you mentioned that the Bills could go out and sign a DN because that's where it gets tricky, like you said. And maybe that's where it is a Shaq Lawson that you have to put down on the practice squad because there weren't a lot of other teams uh, knocking down his door to sign him this offseason. Maybe it is that you're, you trade A.J. Epinesa for another pick. You know, the Bills are already stockpiling picks in next year's draft. You're not going to get a high pick for Epinesa, uh, but you're probably going to get a, a day three pick that you'd be okay with. And I, the only reason I'm mentioning Epinesa by, by name is because I think there's more value in, in A.J. right now. He's coming off of a quiet six-and-a-half sack season. Mm-hmm. There's probably a few teams that a few years ago had interest in him that said, okay, He's, you know, he's still progressing in the right direction. Uh, maybe we can bring AJ in and he can kind of take to that next level. So uh, I agree with you that this could open the door for a potential trade if the Bills go out and sign one of these edge rushers, these really good edge rushers that are still in the market. I think this is a really important signing because we saw what the addition of Daquan Jones meant to Tremaine Edmonds last year. And I think that going into this world of the unknown with whatever it's going to look like with his replacement, whether it ends up being Tyrell Dotson, Balen Spector, Terrell Bernard, or maybe in some way, shape, or form, Dorian Williams, they're going to need really good production up front to probably mask some of the learning curve that there's going to be filling in for a guy that started, you know, 70 some odd games for the Bills over the last five seasons. Ford, I think, comes in there, you know, from a run defense perspective. I think you get really excited about his ability to take on double teams and fit into that role perfectly to allow those speedy linebackers kind of move around and make plays. Yeah, I I think you kind of just nailed it right there. Your linebackers are only going to be as good as the defensive line play in front of you, at least the replacement for Edmonds, that is. Uh, So as long as Poon Ford can come in here and, and contribute the way I think he can, it will help make life easier for whoever that Tremaine Edmonds replacement ends up being. Also interesting to note that uh, Pete, uh, Pete Carroll calls him poo. Um, And I think that's going to be fun uh, to have a poo in the locker room. Uh, I, I, as a father of two young children, I'll be thinking of Winnie the Pooh, but I'll, I'll make sure to ask for clarification on on what version of Pooh he, 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 uh, he likens his nickname to. Yeah, I'm thinking it's Pooh with the H. I, w- I would hope so, uh, but I guess <laughs> wait and see. I don't know how, how nice of a nickname that is if you're, you're being called the, the P-double-O option of Pooh. Oh, I wasn't even like referring to that. Maybe there's like a little bit of a backstory there somewhere else. I oh. didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. When Sal put out his tweet, he spelled it with just the P-O-O. I'm like, is that really the Well, the that's version? how that's how I saw it written. Oh, some okay. stories about it. All right. So, so we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. It'll be fun. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. All right. Speaking of making things interesting in training camp, what do we make of the Latavius Murray signing? Because I think this is a skill set that they are doubling down on that bigger physical style. And I know Damien Harris is kind of like the smaller compact version of that, but I just more mean the style of runner, like physical in between the tackles, willing to take on defenders at all three levels. Latavius Murray has done that for many years. I think he has, uh, I, I was reading it on the PR um, sheet that they put out yesterday, eight straight seasons of four touchdowns or more was the longest active streak streak in the NFL. And the bill's got to love that about adding that to the mix, but what's his path to the roster? Because I think it's, complicated and i think 
Part of it is okay because the way that he talked about joining the Bills yesterday, he is all in on Buffalo. This seemed like a Buffalo right. or bust type situation. And in that in that case, I think it could be a lot like Duke Johnson last year where you just stash him on the practice squad and other teams kind of know, yeah, we can go poach him, but he wants to be there. And I don't know if we want to take him out of that situation and, and add a disgruntled running back to our room. Yeah, from what I understand, he was really excited to join the Bills. You know, he's from the Syracuse area. This It kind of meant a lot to him to kind of join a team that I wouldn't say was his hometown team, but near his hometown, close nearby. And you mentioned one scenario. He takes on the Duke Johnson role. He's your practice squad guy. But I think there might be a path to the 53-man roster for him as well. And in terms of usage, use him on the second and short, the third and short situations. He's very good at converting those. If it's fourth and inches, yes, by all means, Josh Allen, QB sneak, it works well. But this can limit the toll and the amount of hits that Josh Allen has to take throughout the year if he can make it onto the 53-man roster. And in terms of his path, Taiwan Jones has not been re-signed yet. So in my mind, I look at Naheem Hines being that running back slash special team ace. I know it's not the same role that Taiwan Jones had on special teams, uh, but you're going to have him as your your key return man. So then you're, you're still having the same amount of running backs as last year being on your 53-man roster um, and just slightly different roles. I like the veteran presence that he brings. And I think, you know, Hines brings it and Harris brings it to a degree. He's a little bit younger, but I, I, I'm Murray. I mean, he's 33 years old. I mean, he's been in the league. He's this is his sixth stop. He's played with some elite players and listen to him talk about, you know, watching James Cook in high school when he was teammates with Dalvin in Minnesota and mm-hmm. what that was like from a distance and now to be in the same room with him, the way that, you know, his NFL career is coming kind of full circle. That's a super, like, not only a fun story, but like a team building type of thing that I think there's so much to be gained from adding players like that. And I think, I think for as much as we've talked about Brandon Beans, draft history and you know maybe some of the the lack of big hit impact players the last couple of years i think at this stage to be adding this this quality of talent and and players to your roster after a draft that i think most people would agree was at least above average if not really good or great depending on who you talk to they're in a really good spot and i think sometimes we also forget about what this team actually did last year Like this is a 13 win team that had a lot of adversity injuries and otherwise the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, Kim Pagula, we've, we've covered all of that and then ended up going to the playoffs, winning a playoff game, you know, obviously having to end poorly, but to build off of what they did last year by bringing back basically all of the same pieces that you want to bring back and then adding a couple more in very important spots. Man, I, I think that, that you if you're a Bills fan sitting here today, you're really excited about the construction of this roster and what this potentially looks like. Yeah, no, I think that Bills fans should be very happy with where the roster is right now, knowing that you, they could still do one or two more potential moves to uh, bolster their pass rush. They could still um, – there's still a few other things that I think they, they could be in the market for. An offensive tackle, I know I, some people on Twitter didn't agree with that, but they could bring in some more competition there. So I don't think they're done yet, but the way they've built up this roster after having a you know a 
successful season, a 13-win season last year. Uh, there's no reason to think that they're not, they're going to fall off of a cliff here. I think they're going to have a very successful year. Last thing on Murray, I see someone uh, in the comments spin saying, "Isn't Damian Harris supposed to be the uh, the short yardage back?" I don't look at him as a short yardage back. I look at him as a change of pace to James Cook. Uh, he is a more physical, obviously, back than Cook is. But you also have to worry a little bit about Harris in terms of his health. He has a history of injuries, so. Um, and not, but not a short yardage back in my opinion. I, I'm looking at Murray specifically being put into the field or put onto the field in those third and one, third and two situations where when he gets the ball, he can be very successful uh, moving the chains. I want to talk about the DeAndre Hopkins apparent, the end to that chase. Hmm. Um, apparently DeAndre Hopkins showed up for workouts or, or somewhere and basically said, who said anybody, anything about wanting to change teams? <laughs> I guess there's something to be said for, for not saying something, DeAndre, but that, that, that's neither here nor there. So that likely that chase maybe gets put on ice for a while. Brian, I don't know how much at this stage with what they've done in free agency and where they're sitting at cap wise. I don't know how much the DeAndre Hopkins move even made sense at this point, knowing what they'd have to kind of do to figure it out after the fact. Yeah, it's out the door at this point. I thought maybe if he was released, they could build a, a contract where the cap hit wasn't much in year one and, and work around it that way. But I think that scenario is out the door. Wasn't that, I don't know if you were a Seinfeld watcher. Wasn't there an episode where George Costanza got fired and then he showed up like the next day acting like it never happened? That's kind of like Hopkins, like showing up to work <laughs> in Arizona. Like, what are you talking about a trade? I didn't ask for a trade, even though. You know, he, he had a whole interview segments about it and, and things like that. So I, I'm guessing Hopkins found out that there wasn't a team that wanted to take on the entire contract. Arizona wasn't willing to eat any part of the contract. So, you know, what do I do? I just kind of show up and I go about my business. And that's all he really can do at this point. Uh, Brandon Bean was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday uh, and was asked about the Stefan Diggs situation and, and how the season ended and if he'd had any contact with him kind of similar to what I asked him like uh, I think a month ago and he didn't want to really get into the details of how much they talk and so on and so forth but basically like is there any concern about the player and you know he get being gave all of the the usual responses like Steph is Steph he's competitive I want that guy on my team more than I want somebody that was okay with losing but here's a quote that I pulled out from it that I thought was something that I think Bill's fans will be excited about because this is still a, a narrative a talking point on message boards and on social media um, sites about whether or not Stefan Diggs wants out or maybe a new situation. Uh, Brandon said, I think we're in really good shape there. And I know he'll at the right time, get here and join and be ready to roll for the season. So I think all the conspiracy theorists out there and all the worry warts, if you will, uh, and rightfully so, I mean, dealing with that, that important of a piece of, of your, your team and, and there being any unrest there, it makes a lot of sense, but it seems like, Diggs will eventually show up and it'll be harmony once again, as they look towards reloading in 2023. Yeah, that, that's perfectly said. You know, there was some, a lot of national media sites that ran with the story that he wasn't here a few weeks ago. He hasn't been here the last few years at that point in the season. It's optional. Um, so that was much ado about nothing. So when it comes time to be here where, where it's mandatory, he'll show up, it'll be fine. Uh, training camp, he'll, you know, he'll meet with the media there too. And he'll be the same Stefan Diggs that we've uh, spoken to and talked to over the last few years. He's a competitive guy and there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong to RSVPing to shout live at wing nuts on May 20th. 
beers, bills, wings, everything that you can want on a Saturday night. Ryan Tablet will either even be there in the house uh, with myself, and we will uh, we'll look forward to meeting all of you. If you've already come out before, come back out. If, if this will be your first time, it's going to be, I imagine the weather is going to really start to turn. Maybe we'll be out on the patio there. Um, it's a great time. Uh, we usually tell people to get there around 6. The show will start at about 7, 7.30, and then we hang out before and after. I put the link in the description to go RSVP on the info page. Um, we're excited about that show, Ryan. Oh, always excited when we go, go to Wing Nuts for our uh, monthly appearances there. And can't wait to talk to some Bills fans before and after the show. But thank you so much. Like and subscribe before you go. Hit that link in the description and we will see you tomorrow night, Wednesday, 53-man roster projection. We'll have some fun. Take care, everybody. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. Hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.